Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. I'm joined here by Ty, fresh off of a UFC fight night that involved Corey Sanhagen and Mr. Song Yudong. <clears throat> Excuse me, Song Yudong. Uh, there, there was a lot of people that got looked like they got hit with weapons. Uh, they were cut open and just their faces were mutilated so bad. Ty, uh, what were your thoughts overall from this past weekend? We had a Canelo fight. We got a lot to talk about here, but uh, just just a light intro here for you. How are you feeling today? Little contender series action last night. I know you yeah. were watching that uh, very closely. We had the we had the fade Yanni the Greek, and that didn't work. So um, he gets the last laugh. But I thought the UFC card was good. Uh, the boxing card was a little underwhelming. I mean, listen, the zone has very underwhelming cards all the time, so it's not a surprise. Um, you know, typical matchroom boxing. They they sell you you know dreams that won't happen. Um, but the UFC card was okay. I mean, you know, there's some uh, disappointment on the prelims. Uh, with our boy Pat Sabatini, but um, Damon Jackson, feel good story. Um, a 17 year old got signed last night on the contender series. A lot of like um, just random things kind of happened. Yeah. Nothing big, but. Uh, not crazy fights. There was, yeah, like there was that guy from Tajikistan who looks like uh, the uh, just Habib's brother, and he was yeah. out there just smashing that dude, that poor guy that from dude was Denver. Scary. Uh, yeah, there was a. And, White and Mamba. The 17 year old was, was crazy good on the ground. Uh, just yeah, there. That's the kind of contender series that I like. Uh, some fun, exciting shit happens, and no, next week they got Bo Nickel. So yeah, fuck yeah. a little I bit of intrigue going the next two weeks. I guess let's get into this past weekend's uh, Sandhagen and Song Yudong fight. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'll let you lead this off here on the main event. What uh, I mean, there's a lot that I, I guess not much to talk about, but I'd like to just hear your breakdown of the fight uh, from start to finish. Yeah, I was just in the middle of a rewatch. Actually, funny enough, I was I only watched the first uh, the first round, so I think I had it like two two or three three or three one. Corey, yeah. Um, going back and watching the first round, I thought Song won that first round. The first round, so um, how the rest of it looks on rewatch on mute, I don't know. But I thought Corey looked good. I just don't think he. It, it seems like he hasn't really made many improvements, many changes in his last few fights. Like he's, he, he went for that flying knee a bunch of times and wasn't close any of the times. And that kind of just, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like a bad sign or anything, but it seems like he's kind of plateaued possibly. I could be wrong here, but, um, you know, it's it, Frankie. That's, that's not Frankie Edgar. You're fighting. You know what I mean? Like Song Yi is, uh, I wish he, I wish he would do more, but he's just, he's only, allegedly only 24. Um, so, you know, he, his volume is just kind of low, is, is my problem. Um, I mean, he doesn't throw enough leg kicks. He uh, doesn't throw enough kicks in general. He's, he has a lot of talent. I like how he sits behind that high guard, but he kind of just sits there, and then he'll throw a punch late. But I thought he did enough in the first round. I mean, Corey was, what, one of 0 for 4 in the first on takedowns, and he ended up on his back also, funny enough. And then Song, I think he even got a couple takedowns himself. So, like, there. Corey looked good, and it might have been even up. I think it was even on two cards going into uh, the fifth. So he was probably going to win that fifth. I mean, he was cruising. The, the momentum was on his side, really. Yeah. Um, 
So I think he was going to win that fifth round. I know some some people were like, "Oh, he was in trouble. He was in trouble. He was." He looked like he was. <laughs> I don't want to say he he was like um, underwhelmed that the fight ended, but I, I feel like he um, he wasn't upset that it was over. You know, yeah. that cut was pretty brutal on Song. So I'm kind of glad they stepped in because it was it was really bad. His, his eye was it was starting to his eyebrow was starting to like fall off. Like it was it was rough. So uh, I don't think it really lowers Song Yudong's stock. He's six years younger. He's much shorter. So, and he, he looked very good in parts of this round. I think mainly, yeah. mainly the first two, uh, after that, he, you know, he, he kind of fell off, but again, that cut did most of that damage. So, um, still a good fight, but I, I kind of left a little disappointed in Corey. I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, I think, yeah, listen, I was leaking into his, or his eyebrow was leaking into his eye for a large half of that set, like that second half of that fight. Uh, I think Sanhagen used his length well. He was firing the leg kicks, popping the jab out there. A uh, couple, couple body shots, not as much. Um, I mean, Song Yidong throws bombs, man. It's just that simple. He throws absolute bombs all the time. And But I think, like you said, I think he just had... I think the big thing here was just the volume and length of Sandhagen in a five-round fight. Unless Song Yidong's going to get you out of there, it doesn't tend to... Uh, I don't know, lead yourself to a victory. I know they said 2-2, but I don't know. I, I thought 3-1 when I watched it. But like you said, maybe you go back and rewatch it. You could, you know, some, some would feel different. I mean, obviously, some of the judges felt differently. Uh, yeah, I think you're kind of right, though, on the... I, I thought at one point, I was like, oh my, maybe Sandhagen's just not that good. Like, early on in the fight, I was like, wow, this doesn't look good. Because, you know, I think he was trying... I think he tried to take him down early on, which was kind of a shocker. I think it was just kind of yeah. to throw Song Yudong off, but... Song Yudong's powerful. I think he was just trying to work the gas tank of Song Yudong a little bit, and uh, I don't know. I think I think Sandhagen's awesome. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's huge for that 135. But I can't lie to you and say that like those thoughts weren't going through my head at, at points of this fight where I thought he was just going to be not. I, I guess Song Yudong is good, so it's just this isn't to, meant to like disrespect him. But I just thought he was going to have a little bit of an easier time in there. Uh, and the odds would kind of tell you the same thing, minus 200, 210. But it was close for portions for large portions of this fight. I just think Sandhagen, with his experience and his length and all that stuff, was able to kind of uh, outwill his way. And the cut is obviously what stopped it. So who knows what could have happened in that fifth round. But I was with you. I think the momentum had changed. Uh, early on was more of a Song Yudong fight. But uh, Sandhagen found his rhythm, found uh, what distance he wanted to have the fight uh, take place at. And then he was kind of not getting hurt and landing a majority volume of the shots. So uh, those are this is a good win. Two fights in a row, right, for Corey, where he's fought somebody who has had a pretty severe cut and he kind of wasn't able to, I don't know, put it on him. Uh, not maybe, maybe not Piotr Jan, but uh, Dillashaw, when Dillashaw was cut up, right? Yeah. So I was close. I, I thought he lost that Dillashaw fight. I know. I thought I did I, too. You ask, you ask other people. I mean, you know, a lot of people think he won. I, I don't know. I don't. But, um, I mean, in this fight, you know, Song had the cut, and I, his corner was telling him to go after it, and he was. Yeah, I remember when he when he ended up on top of Song in the fourth, and his body just rubbing up, his, basically his head rubbing up against Song's yeah. head, and on his cut just made it leak and leak into his eye and just get worse and worse. Like, just little physical contact like that, like he was jabbing it on the ground, like just making sure, like, that cut didn't go untouched. And that was a good job by him, but, like, you know, I, I thought he he could have or maybe should have put him away or at least looked more dominant. And I thought in the Cody, in the TJ fight, like I was I was like, oh, TJ's 
he's he's done now. He can't move. He's got a cut or whatever was going on. Like he's very. I think his leg was fucked up too, right? He had a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, I think he had a torn ACL and a cut. He did. Yep. So I was like expecting Corey to kind of put it on him more because you're at an advantage like that, and he he didn't. So I don't I don't know. Maybe he maybe after that Aljo loss, maybe he's kind of plateaued. You know, I, I don't know. I think he's very good and. I don't know, man. Song Dong is very tough. I don't want to undersell that at all, which I think I kind of am doing. But um, we'll see. I mean, if Corey really, if it seems like Cheeto is the next logical opponent, I mean, there's really nobody else to, nothing That's else awesome. to do. Uh, that'd be a great fight. Uh, they're both slow starters. They both turn on late. Um, they're both good with kicks. They're very similar in a lot of ways. So I would love to see that. They're also very different. Um, I think I would favor Cheeto, but honest, I, I don't even know. I don't. I. I, I don't know. I think that would be a very, very good fight and a good barometer for where both of them are right now. I would probably place the odds. Sanhagen, a slight favorite at like minus yeah. 120, 130. But yeah, it's like right – to me, it would be right down the middle. They both have that experience, high level, you know, long, like long in fights. Uh, you know, like you said, you kind of laid it out. Both nasty on the feet, both nasty on the ground. Slick different games in different ways. Uh, you know, Cheeto throws with power. Sanhagen's more of a like I I know he can knock dudes out or hurt them and stuff, but I think Sanhagen's best use is as a volume sort of just pacing out a guy at the end. You know, turning at elevation and all that. It's I think it's a huge advantage for him, and he kind of was able to use it a little bit in this fight. And I think even in the fifth round, he would have sort of uh, separated himself from Song Yudong, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of. I, I guess it's like you kind of labeled out. Like it's not necessarily a. I, I thought. I think so highly of Sandhagen, so it sounds like I am disrespecting him or whatnot. But it could also be the fact that Song Yudong's really good, and you can't just do that stuff to guys who are really, really good. And uh, good for Sandhagen. But uh, how, how about this one? This uh, two two fights where cuts were just like. Insane. A main factor and a huge just like story afterwards. I mean, especially with this one. This one was crazy. RoboCop is built of something different, and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to fade him again after what <laughs> I saw on Saturday night. Chitty Injukani had him had his whole face split in, in two. Basically, he gave in between his eyebrows. He almost ripped his whole nose off with a knee up the middle. Or right? Was it a knee? Yeah, it was. Uh, he split him right open takedown early, and it was just like a quick reactive knee that I wish more people threw. But it's 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 also hard to time. But he threw it right on the fucking button, so loud, and it just immediately busted him open. I didn't really see. I don't think we saw how bad it was until like after the round. Yeah, but or maybe like you know a couple of minutes later. But dude, that thing was br- one of the nastiest. Just in the the spot, the location of it was like. You, know, you don't really see cuts there. It was, oh, dude, it was like, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture afterwards, uh, like after surgery or before surgery, I'm saying, uh, when they like, you see in, in his fucking head, like there's like a big artery that you see and it just, it's an insane picture. And then you see afterwards, after surgery, it's all stitched up and patched up. But dude, that thing is disgusting. What is, what is, what a savage. Uh, and then that's the thing. So he gets hurt like that. He's on the ground. He's getting punched in the face. He's getting elbowed. He gets back up. Uh, he hurts Enjukani at some point. Uh, backs him up against the fence, and Enjukani just looked like the gas was leaking. Uh, at that point, he was he was not being able to fight the takedowns, and it seemed like uh, he kind of I don't want to say quit, but he definitely folded after he realized he wasn't going to get him out of there, and that this guy wasn't going anywhere. 
And uh, as soon as RoboCop took him down, there was really no resistance anymore, and he started to lower the boom on him. And what a comeback, huge win for Gregory Rodriguez. Hobo cop. I mean, yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably fucked here on my bet. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think, who's his only loss? Petrosian, and that was a close fight. So, I mean, this dude's, how old is he? And I think something similar happened in that fight, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he, something he got hurt early on, and he came back and was just taking it to Armin Petrosian, or it was the other way around where he hurt Armin and Armin put it to him towards the end of the fight. Yeah, that was a weird fight. He's the tale of two fights every time, it seems like. Literally, if only, you know, he could just, uh, I feel like he has to start better. I mean, he was he started out very good against Julian Marquez, but then he got he also got clipped. Uh, but other than the, the Petrosian fight, he hasn't lost since the Contender Series fight to Jordan Williams. Big red flag, right? But it's he's, he's come a long Crazy. way. He, he went to LFA. He got Josh Fremd out of there quick. That's a UFC level fighter. Al Matavo, Matavio, uh, I forget where he's at now, but that's a pretty decent fighter. Like he's taking some strides. Um, his ground game, I don't know. Maybe it's not as uh, as polished as it should be. I mean, I, I know he has the credentials and whatnot, but it's just something. It's not something he really goes to or uses much. Um, he had he had a little struggles in the in the clinch with Chidi and whatnot, but Chidi's a strong, good fighter himself. Um, yeah, what a great fight. I mean. I don't know what's next for him. Uh, I know he's not really ranked or close to being ranked, but uh, you know, you put him in there with uh, GM three or um, you know Chris Curtis. I would like to see that. Uh, maybe Shabat Brett, Brad Tavares, Shabazian. Um, I would like to see him in there against anybody. He's he's instant instant chaos and violence. Yeah, and it seems like he is a fight of the night every single kind of guy, or just like he creates these ridiculously. Just exciting moments, uh, you know. I mean, the, the him knocking him knocking out uh, Marquez. I mean, like we kind of talked about that Petrosian fight was crazy. Him knocking out Jung Young Park, like he, yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I kind of have. We've talked about how we don't like his gas tank. We don't like this and that about him, and he gets hurt in all these fights. And uh, you know, it's just. I I want to keep fading him, but this guy continually proves me wrong every single time out there. So at a certain point, you just got to gain the respect. And I'm I'm with you. I would like to see him take that next level or that next step up in competition, and maybe fight somebody that's in that lower end of the top fifteen or right outside of it. That's you know going to try and get him in there because I think he's 100% at that level. And it's crazy because he looks like he's like a hundred years old. It just yeah. he has the weirdest shaped head, but he's only thirty, right? You know, yeah, so it's yep. he's right in his prime. He's right there, right, ready to take those next steps. And he, I, I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't. It just shows me every time, no matter what you do to him, how you cut him, what happens, he's not going to stop fighting. He's going to have to kill me, man. That's what he said after the fight. <laughs> so, shout out to RoboCop Gregory Rodriguez with a huge victory. And Chitty uh, did not look good uh, to kind of. Uh, I don't like I said I don't like to say quit, but he just kind of melted there towards that uh, when when things got a you know pretty tough. He, he didn't have that the same way Rodriguez fought back. He couldn't necessarily fight back. So uh, I guess Chitty just kind of the the hype train stops for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and uh, I guess well, next we got Andre Feely and uh, Bill Algio. Bill Algio. Uh, I had him. You had Feely. This kind of played out exactly how both of us thought it would. It was just a decision. We didn't know who was going to win, or at least we we all we both thought, but we were both different on who we thought was going to win. Do you think the right person won this fight? 
Uh, yeah, I thought Feely won. Um, I do too. Let me see the scorecards for it. Yeah, um, your boy Chris Lee gave it to Bill Algio. So Love that that pretty much tells me all I need to know about who won the fight. Whoever Chris Lee had didn't win. So, yeah, I thought. I mean, he gave the third round to to Bill Algio. I don't know how has back Bill the whole Algio. time. Yeah, that's when Andre Feely finally did what I thought he was. He, he could have done. He didn't really go for much wrestling or much grappling. Um, how many takedowns did he go for? I think only three. Yeah, he was one of three the whole fight, and Algio was over three. It was. Um, Philly went to the head a lot more than I thought he would. I thought, he, you know, this this pretty much played out at distance. I thought he would go more leg, more body, kind of how Bill Algio was mixing it up. Bill Algio went to the legs a lot, a lot. 26 compared to Andre Philly's five. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a close fight. Um, I just thought Andre did more, did enough, and looked looked better when when he went for I thought he was, you know, he could have done more, he could, more higher volume, but, um, you know, I'm not, not too. He was supposed to fight Lando Venata, so I'm sure you know uh, things change in, in in camp and whatnot. They're both in the mid 30s. Uh, I, I thought it was a really good fight, though. I mean, you know, Bill showed a little too much or a little not enough, I should say. Um, but he definitely tried. You know, he definitely went for it. It just wasn't enough. Andre Philly's a tough man. Just seems like a typical Bill Algio fight where he doesn't do. Uh, you know, he leads it to a decision, and he kind of just. I don't know. It just doesn't do enough. You know, like he's not he a has, good minute winner. Yeah. You know, yep, like 100%. he can win rounds, but like he, he's not really good at winning uh, minutes of the round. You know what I mean? Like he can dominate one round. Sure. But then he'll give the next round away and he, he's not a good minute winner. You know, there's some guys that are just are, are good at that. And I thought Andre Feely over the course of his career has been good at that, you know, but um, still, I thought it was a pretty good fight. Yeah, like it's kind of tough, you know, like you to judge a fight when you're like, damn, he did look good there for there for port like that. Like you say, minute winners are people who we say like look good for portions of that round, you know, like he was putting it on Feely, like, but he, like you said, he kind of just never get shows life in some of these rounds that he loses, and it makes it easy to give a decision to another guy when you're not really putting up much of a fight, you know. And I know he is, but it just in the, in the scorecards, it's. One way or the other, you know, it's not even like oh, you did good things. It's like, well, you lost the round, so you're going to lose the fight. And it usually comes down to one round for Bill Algio every time, and he yep. hasn't been getting it for the most part, other than that burrito fight, which screwed both of us. But how about? No, I'm sorry, God. No, I was just like, yeah. I, no, I don't even <laughs> like to think about that shit. Uh, <laughs> Joe, how about body bags? Joe Pfeiffer takes care of business against our boy Alan Amadovsky. Uh, another cash city for both of us. I believe we had the TKO here. This, I mean, I believe Chris Tanyoni as well had the TKO. Yeah, um. I mean, listen, Joe Pfeiffer. Uh, he's all about all about the hands, all about just knocking people out. But I don't think it has much to do with him as much as it had to do with the fact that Alan Amendowski goes to sleep all the time now. Yeah, he takes a lot of naps all the time. Uh, what was his his last couple times out there have been? Uh, all knockouts, I'm pretty sure. I think maybe he's been subbed think, a few times. I think he's had, yeah. I think his he's has four UFC fights. Yeah. and he's been knocked knockout, out. Knockout, rear naked choke, times. knockout, and decision. Yeah. He was in. Hey, he does have a win in Bellator, a couple wins. He should probably go back. Yeah, know? twelve second knockout of Ibrahim Main or Mane, as Mane. we talked about. Yeah, so <clears throat> good. Good for uh, good for Joe Pfeiffer. Good for Amandovsky. We cashed out here, uh, both of us on the minus one forty TKO. But that goes to tell you what they thought was going to happen. Easy, yep. easy win for Joe Pfeiffer. How about uh, your boy Rodrigo Nascimento? This fight went over a split decision. I didn't think it was a split, but again, another situation where judges 
did some shit that I didn't it didn't make much sense to me. Uh, Nascimento was forty pounds bigger than Boser. Boser is in ridiculous shape. Uh, during this fight, I thought he would be able to grapple or at least keep him keep the takedowns off better. But when you're wrestling a guy that's that much bigger than you, it is tough to keep him off of you. And Nascimento was able to just win two rounds of this fight. Yeah. Did you think he won all three or no? No, I think, but I don't remember which one, one or two, but Boser won one of those two. Where yeah. I thought it was a close one going into the third. Probably, um, probably the second. So it looks like Adelaide Bird, who, yes, if you did, if you were watching and you were like, is that Adelaide Bird ringside? Yeah, that was her. She was there. Um, <laughs> she did good here. She had it one and three for Nascimento. Yeah. Douglas Crosby. Now, if you, that's the, as soon as you hear Douglas Crosby, that's when you know, oh, fuck, I better have the other part. I better have somebody else. I, Fuck. Yeah, you're like, I don't I know if I'm going to be on the right side of this. Yeah, happen. exactly. I'm just fucked. As soon as you hear his name, you know, there's a couple of them. Chris Lee, Mike Lee, both of the Lee brothers. Uh, I don't know if they're related, but I will say they are. Uh, and usually Adelaide Bird. Sometimes Mr. Camillo. It seems like, you know, we're getting the names down uh, at a pecking order. It's, it's kind of sad, but Douglas Crosby had a 2-3 Bozer. I don't know how. I mean, I thought the first round was Nascimento, but uh, still wasn't a great fight. Um, That's boring. Oh yeah, I mean, Nascimento got a couple takedowns, but he didn't. Yeah, I thought he, he, I thought he'd be able to finish it. He was not able to finish it. Uh, second round, yeah, he got outlanded at thirty-two to fifteen. Uh, Nascimento did. So yeah, just another heavyweight fight that was uh, kind of gross. Ugly split. Uh, one of those fights where these guys are both fade artists, and you weren't able to fade either one of them. You know, like you didn't know which one to fade and what yep. what the right thing to do was. So both of us lose money on that one. Uh, ugly, because of course we had the under, and these guys want to get into a wrestle off. Uh, which is always always a great time to have the under. Fucking ridiculous. But how about our boy Fluffy, man? Anthony Hernandez, uh, he was dominating Marc-Andre Payot, uh via the grappling and just whatever he wanted to do with him, he did it. And arm triangle choke, minute 53 of the third round. We were able to get that sub for you and get my inside the distance. Uh, sub plus 250 for you. Inside the distance plus 175 for me. Cash City, what did you make of Fluffy's performance? I thought, um, you know, after the last fight, it, you know, very disappointing. Uh, There's some harsh critics out there of how he didn't finish Josh Fremd and, and whatnot. Me included. Yeah, definitely, all, both of us. And he heard it, and he was upset as well. He didn't finish him, and he came out here, and I I mean, this dude was bigger, tougher, stronger, more durable than Josh Fremd and other guys. Like, Barrio's tough, man. No doubt. He's just a tough motherfucker. Like, he, you know, he, he, had a, he has moments here and there. Um, Fluffy still has some uh, work to do with his hands and whatnot. I mean, he, he's good when he goes forward, but when he's in the nail, it, it, you know, I, I have some future concerns. But um, he got eight of fourteen takedowns. Very, very, very impressive. Um, he was finally able to get the arm triangle in round three. Uh, the way he put it in and and uh, just got him to go out was uh, was very, 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 very nice. So shout out to him for that. Uh, he did what I thought he would do just a little later. Not, I'm not mad at it. It was, uh, it was like a couple minutes into the third, so um, all is well. Shout out to Fluffy for cashing us out. Shout out to Fluffy. Uh, it was a great performance by him. And just uh, like you kind of said, we you know we gave him shit. I included on this last podcast or last time he fought about him what he did with Josh Fram and kind of played with his food a little bit too much. Left him, let him hang around, didn't finish him. And uh, it was huge. I mean, he just came out with more violent and vicious intent. He never took uh, Josh Fremm's back. He was always worried about the position, losing position. And in this fight, he didn't care because if he took his back and he rolled over, he was just mounting him and got that arm triangle. And then, <clears throat> thanks for coming. So, uh, 
Shout out to my voice for cracking there, but shout out to uh, Fluffy for getting the win. <laughs> Damn, this is uh, you know, I mean, this is like a this is a Jordan flu game performance. Uh, there's nothing wrong with me, but my voice is just starting to give out here halfway through this uh, episode. But Damon Jackson, this one was tough. This one was tough to see because uh, obviously Pat Sabatini, friend of the podcast, uh, we you know, dark horse in the featherweight division has all the accolades, grappling, everything. He has all, he had everything. Going for him, momentum was at a height, but Damon Jackson comes in. Uh, his brother had just died the week of this fight. Uh, rest in peace. That's cra- It's crazy that you're even able to get in the cage after that, but wow. catches Sabatini with a front kick right up the middle. Uh, just had him all sorts of rocked, got on top, and just beat him down. And I don't remember who the ref was in this one, but stepped in, took care of business. Damon Jackson with a huge win to honor the passing of his brother and takes a huge uh, $50,000 check home as well with this. So uh, how about that? Congratulations to Damon Jackson. Tough for Sabatini, but nothing to be ashamed of when you're losing uh, to guys like Damon Jackson. Yeah, no nonsense. Keith Peterson was in there. Let's go. Um, You know, he's got a... Are you ready? (laughs) Sir, are you ready? That's a good one. That's that's actually (laughs) spot on, honestly. (laughs) As long as you can do that, you know, low, graspy voice, oh, yeah. you know, that's uh, that's Mr. KP for you. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they started talking about it, because uh, I didn't know about this, as soon as they mentioned it, I was like, yep, he's he's going to win. Yeah. Um, he's definitely winning this fight. Pat Sabatini got kicked right in the jaw, right in the outside of the jaw. Yep. Uh, it looked like just, uh, the, at the camera angle, the way the way they, I think, switched camera angles right before and right as it landed, it, it looked like we didn't catch, we didn't get to really see it. So I wasn't at least me. I wasn't sure how hard it landed, or if it like landed maybe in the side of the like right above the ear. I wasn't sure what happened, but he was he was he didn't look good. His legs weren't there. His body was not there. I mean, that was a fucking that was nasty. That was that was just so quick and easy. Yeah, like, just comical. Um. So shout out to the to Action Jackson. He will be going back to the leech. I'm sure after this is what I've heard. The yeah. One night nickname. Um. I'm a fan of that. Some of these guys need to ditch their other nicknames. You know. So. Uh, no, shout out to him for that performance for his brother. Uh, crazy, crazy to even go on and fight. I think it was like right after Macy Chasson fight, right? Or something like that. What, this one? Uh, oh, when what? He got the- uh, oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, yeah, it's just, it's, it's insane. But shout out to him, shout out to Pat Sabatini. He'll be back, we know that. Um, but yeah, crazy. Yeah, great win for Damon Jackson, and yeah, that's, that's just cra- it's crazy, crazy story. But I mean, what a perfect front kick, perfect thing to throw there while Sabatini was dipping down under like a punch and kind of worried about a takedown, just caught him perfectly square on the jaw, and good night. So how about Trevin Giles cashing us out? And that, that by the way, uh, that fight right there was your biggest loss of the night, unfortunately, Ty. Uh, yeah. lost the old minus 200 money line on Sabatini. Uh, although, if you didn't have that, man, you, you, you had yourself a day. I think we will go over the records after, but we, we both, not bad, not bad. But Trevin Giles' decision here, uh, this was one of my picks that I was able to get right. Uh, kind of got lucky due to the lack of activity by uh, Lewis Koski. And, and, I mean, Trevin Giles is always fine with standing there and not really – Getting into a slugfest. Uh, this was a really boring fight, but a good win for uh, me personally. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Uh, they didn't do anything. I think uh, Kosuke landed two strikes in the first and one in the third. So, 
Yeah, uh, they were combined one of four on significant strikes in the third round. It was just just bad fight. I mean, I did, thought there'd be more wrestling or more action. I mean, Trevin was two of five on takedowns. I thought he'd just shoot more or, or something more. I, I thought something would happen. Nothing really happened at all. But, um, yeah, shout out to you for having the Trevin Giles decision. That's a very just cash shitty. I mean, you're probably watching that fight thinking, yeah, these dudes are just not – they're just going to look at each other. Oh. And I'm going to be gifted this fucking money. Well, I was just worried that like I got screwed on a decision or something like that, but uh, that's always you know because the gambler in me just doesn't trust anything until I actually see Trevin Giles' hand go up. Oh, how could you? Yeah, but I think all I think actually Kosuke got the third. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so at least at least the first two you were kind of safe. Well, yeah, it just was. I was just. If I bet this, I never really worried about if my guy wins or loses to the most part. Like, I know I am, but, like, at the same time, like, I'm just wanted to get to the end and then hopefully get my decision. Like, the most important thing is just getting this fight to the end because even if he wins, you know, knocks him the fuck out, does nothing for me. So, got it to the end, and I was like, all right. Like, I thought he definitely won this first two, but a couple guys gave him 30-27, I think, or at least one did. So... Good for good for Trevin Giles. It's a nice win, and Lewis uh, probably just a little too high uh, up there on the level list. Uh, not ready for that. How about this one was an interesting uh, fight. We didn't have neither one of us had anything on this. Uh, Luma Lubuname gets a W here. She looked lost in a lot of these grappling exchanges, but was just kind of able to outwill Denise Gomez, which she looked she looked pretty good for making her UFC debut. But this was just. Two girls that uh not really the highest of level at one fifteen. Yeah, no, not not at all. I mean, Luma got reversed multiple times. She got a couple takedowns. Like she looked good. She had a couple trips and then she got reversed. Like she's the typical fighter who just gives you a little bit and then gives it back. She's small, she's not athletic, so there's not really much she has going. She's kinda quick. She has a nice little jab, nice little boxing, and you know, she can do offense she's good offensively, but defensively she's not really She's not really that great. This Gomes chick looked okay. Um, maybe give her like a lower level fighter, but I'm not sure who even. Vanessa Demopoulos? Yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But... There you go. Give her the stripper. Um, either way, it, this fight kind of just happened. Yeah, not much to say there. Neither of us had a bet on it, and I was very happy afterwards when I re- like watched this fight, and I just had nothing, didn't have to worry about it, just kind of sat there. How about Trey Ogden? This was kind of the upset of the, of the card. It just Trey Ogden dominated Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, the Golden Boy takes his first loss in the octagon, first loss in professional mixed martial arts. Uh, Trey, I mean, we kind of did talk about Trey. You know, we didn't know what he was going to look like off of a full camp. He looked pretty good in that uh, Jordan Levitt fight. We didn't know what he would look like against a guy like Daniel Zellhuber. But Zell, this this to me is just more of a story of what Zellhuber didn't do as opposed to what Trey Ogden did do, right? I mean. He didn't throw much at all for the first 10 minutes of this fight, if not more, and then kind of started to open up towards the end. But at that point, it was like a like a tidal wave. Ogden had already built up so much that he was just so confident. He was standing right with him, and Zellheber wasn't throwing much of power with anything, wasn't throwing many leg kicks, wasn't really doing much. And he just didn't offer me anything, and I, that's not what I saw from him the last time out. So it was kind of shocking to see that. So what did you make of this fight? Yeah, man. I don't know. You know, if he just had octagon jitters. I mean, that could be a thing. You know, I don't know if he's a fraud. Like, he wasn't doing anything. It was, yeah, it was crazy. You know, he wasn't doing anything at all. Um, he didn't go for any takedowns. Um, he wasn't. He he would press forward. I think it was like the third round, or maybe it was the second. 
might have been the second where he finally did something, and then he would stop and wouldn't do any more. Wasn't really throwing the jab. He was just anything he threw out there was kind of like a rangefinder. He wasn't really he, he missed on most of his shots. I think his, his accuracy was like twenty nine percent. That's not the guy I watched on on film. That's not even the guy that was on the contender series after losing the first round. Like he didn't look good at all. Uh, I thought Trey Ogden looked okay. I mean, he was listening to his corner and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, Zell Huber was the uh, parlay buster of the night. Yeah. He uh, he busted everything. He ruined he ruined the night almost. Um, yeah, he didn't look great. He didn't look good. So I don't know what's next for him. Maybe give him a lower level guy. I mean, he's only twenty three, but still, you know, you you got to see more from him. And he's with Eric Nixick, so you hope that you know with more time with them uh, and the guys at Extreme Couture that you know he'll he'll just get bigger, stronger, better, more confident. You know. Um, and throw more and, and just, you know, put his game, put all the pieces together, really. So hopefully we can see that. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, I was just very shocked uh, by that performance. It's not, not I mean, not, not crazy shock, but I just thought I was going to see more against, uh, you know, I mean, I just, he has all the tools. We've seen it before and it just wasn't able to put it together. And like you said, sometimes it's like that. He's a young kid. He's not, you know, he, he got to just give him some time to kind of grow into his, uh, you know, into the game and whatnot. So, but it's tough. I mean, Trey Ogden's no joke, though. He, you know, he was worried about the takedown the whole time. I think that that is a factor because uh, he kind of, anytime he tried to commit to it, he did get taken down a few times and didn't look. He looked like uh, the the ground was on fire trying to get back up. And like you said, his ground game wasn't terrible, but it just didn't look like he wanted to mess with Trey Ogden on the ground. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Just uh, didn't like what I saw. So he's. De- it's definitely like like you said. I don't know if he's a fraud or not, but. Uh, I'll have to see who he's matched up against next. How long he's going to be out? You know, like it's he's he's on the watch list now. I have to pay attention. So, Jillian Robertson. Uh, this was an interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Agapova was was landing some bomb elbows on her when she was going in for takedowns, shooting for single legs, uh, double legs. She was making her pay for every takedown she did not get. But when she did eventually get it to the ground, we kind of predicted how this was going to go. I heard them talking on the broadcast about how Robertson, uh, you know, they these two had trained together, I believe, at ATT, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, they, they just, you know, one was more confident than the other in what was going to happen, uh, you know, especially if they got it to the ground. And Robertson was right; she dominated her once she got it to the ground. And uh, Agapova was putting up some different threats, but none of them really realized or came to fruition, uh, pretty, you know, close to that. And a uh, dominant win for Jillian Robertson cashes out your submission at plus 150 and my money line at my minus 140. Yeah, easy work. I mean, listen, she's an elite specialist. You know, like what she does, she what, what she's good at, she just does better than everybody. What's crazy, I, 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 <laughs> I say this every time we talk about her. I can't believe she's the fucking same age as me and you. I just can't believe she's 27. Uh, like, I feel yeah. like she's been in the UFC since 1998. Like, seriously. It's fucking nuts. Like, I swear to God, when she fought Macy Barber and got knocked out, that was like 10 years ago. Just insane. But, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as she – it was crazy. As soon as she got – as soon as that round started and, like, that whole sequence started, uh, I knew. I knew as soon as she got her back easy. And then after that, it was it was over. Her mouthpiece fell out. Yeah. She was like uh, – it was kind of scary, to be honest. She, like, was sleeping, but her eyes were open. She was, like, biting her tongue. She was having a, a moment. It was uh, it was kind of scary. One honestly, of the scariest jokes. That's somebody tweeted that. I was like, yeah, that's the truth, dude. I was watching. I was like, whoa, whoa, like. Jillian <laughs> Robertson was like, 
you know, as soon as she like let go, she was like excited. And then she was looking at this like dead corpse that was like seizing. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, oh, I didn't mean to do that, but sure. I mean, yeah, like dubs. So women's flyweight records held by Jillian Robertson include most fights, most finishes, most submissions, most submission attempts, top position percentage and top position time. So shout out to Jillian Robertson. She's, uh, an unsung hero of women's MMA, women's MMA, I would say. Yeah, definitely kind of somebody like we've we've been able to point out that you can make some money off of, and given the right matchup, she can de- it can definitely go the other way. It's that we've seen it go the other way, but it's just she's not an easy out, and her ground game is nothing to uh, laugh at. It's just it's a ser- it's serious business in there, and she took care of business here. How about your boy Basharat? Javid Javid Basharat takes out Tony Gravely. You had Gravely Moneyline here. Uh, I think Basharat has all the tools to be able to get some of these guys out of here. And his striking is so dynamic. And he's a, the, the management of distance. And, I mean, even the grappling, he was taking down. He was trying to take Gravely down, got him down a few times, and was yep. not afraid to be on the ground with him. Uh, you know, when other guys have been able to get kind of uh, manhandled and outgrappled uh, by Tony Gravely for – almost 15 minutes of fight so that was an impressive part of this uh i just think basharat has all the tools it just depends on you know is he going to be able to get some guys out of there or really take those risks and take those uh chances because as of now he hasn't really done it yet in the at the ufc level it's been two pretty dominant decisions but you know i'd like to see him get somebody out of there at some point but i think soon it could be coming depending on the matchup yeah uh, shout out to the Snow Leopard. Uh, I thought maybe Gravely would be able to get it done. He looked good in the first, won the first, but then after that, yeah, I mean, he was getting his face boxed off. He wasn't getting takedowns. I think he was 2 of 14, 2 of 13. I mean, after the first round, he wasn't, you know, his his volume went down. Uh, the second round was pretty rough for him, and the third round was, was, wasn't was much better. Um, yeah, I liked how Basra looked. Went to the head, went to the body a lot. Um, he didn't go to the legs that much, but... He, yeah, I like his all-around game. I think his all-around game is is very good. He has he has more. He's not that simple of a of a striker. You know, he's got a very dynamic striking game to him. Um, so yeah, I, I he looked a lot better than I thought. Um, so shout out to him for that. Shout out to Basharat. Shout out to Nicholas Mata as well for catching a uh, just Oof. vicious knockout of Cameron Van Camp. Listen, Mister Van Camp. Uh, uh, listen, he looked better <laughs> than he did last time, I guess. Uh, same thing. Like he, you can see that there's, uh, like flashes of skill and talent there and his ability to land on guys and, and possibly hurt them. But his defense is horrific and he just leaves his chin out there and he is so easily hit and uh, like offers himself into firefights. And he's going to get knocked out of the UFC. You cannot be taking those reckless chances at this level. And he seemingly is an easy fade at this point. I mean, DC and Felder saw it from the rip. He just let, he, he didn't, his chin was right on the center line the whole time. Yeah. It was bad. Whenever he would throw a combination, he wouldn't really back up. Like his body, he, his body would move, but his head wouldn't. And they were saying it the whole time. And I'm like, he's about to get fucking slept. And Mata was just coming up short, coming up short, and then boom, slept his ass. Yeah, that was – we called it. I think uh, the under one and a half was plus 115. Easy, easy smash. So shout out to Nick Mata for that. Um, he re- rebounded from the Jim Miller loss pretty well. 
Yeah, uh, like you said, big nice rebound. Uh, and you know, Cameron Van Camp maybe uh, should will be on cut watch pretty soon. I don't think he's really at yeah. this level. But fifty thousand dollars fight at night for Chitty and Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer makes fifty thousand dollars, and Damon Jackson makes fifty thousand dollars. So well deserved all around. There you go. Uh, that is that was it for UFC Fight Night Sandhagen versus Song. Uh, we'll go over the records real quick. I went six and seven with a plus three point two five units on the day. Uh, yeah. Biggest win being the Giles one, and second being the uh, Sanhagen inside the distance. You were tied. You had two plus two fifties with Sanhagen and Hernandez, both subs. Uh, we're still able to hit the Robertson sub prop. Uh, you hit the Mata under prop. Uh, you know, and then TKO and Feely. Uh, I think we both had some good weeks overall since we've been doing this for two weeks, keeping the record strictly. Uh, I am 11 and 12. I am plus 415 units, and you have completely bounced back from your rough beginning week. You are 8 and 11, but more importantly, you are plus 0.15 units. So you are now in Let's the green, tie. You are we back. Are you are rich. And, I just uh, bought a house. There you go, and that's how we're gonna do this here. If you if you bet a million dollars every time I give you a pick, you're up four point one five million dollars. So that's you're welcome. I guess that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yep. You are welcome. So I, I don't know. I guess you. Uh, while we're here, we should talk about the Triple G and Canelo fight, right? Yeah. So uh, what a freak show. Let me just start off with that. Uh, I guess Michael Buffer cost too much money. So they got some guy who was just going off ayahuasca doing the uh, in, in the introductions. And Listen, I will. Go ahead. I will say Michael Diamante or or David Diamante. He his Canelo introduction was fucking awesome. I I I think it was great. Um, you know. Other than that, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think he was that bad. I just I just didn't expect it. You know, I've seen him before. He does like lower cards or. He, or whenever uh, other guys are doing something else, um, yeah, you know, you don't seem to be a fan, but <laughs> not a fan. Uh, <laughs> I think Triple G looked slow. I think he looked old. I think he wasn't. I mean, he took damage quite well, but I don't think he's taking it as well as he used to. He doesn't move his head at all. Never, never really did. But now it's just kind of really. It's just reaction. Everything is just much slower. Still has that power, obviously, like we talked about. But more importantly, I just thought Canelo didn't really. Uh, I don't know. I just a kind of a la- lackluster performance, even in a win. Uh, and I know the cards were much closer than probably they should have been. But terrible. I- I'm not shocked by that, just due to the fact that I thought Canelo was giving away some rounds here at certain points. I thought it probably was eight to four. Maybe eight, maybe nine, three. You know, like that's what I had it at. But I'm not shocked by the cards being closer, just due to the fact that I don't know. I just there was a lot of inactivity for portions of this fight. Canelo doesn't look as fast. Am I wrong in saying that? Maybe it's just in comparison. I mean, I thought he would look like like lightning fast in comparison to uh, Triple J. I thought he would be just crazy quick and just beat. I mean, and he was beating him, but I just thought it would look much more spectacular. Than it did, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of left this being like, uh, you know, like with that feeling. What, what what did you make of it? Yeah, I didn't think he did enough. His volume was very low. I mean, the first round was 
five to three total punches landed in favor of Canelo. I mean, that's just that's a snoozer of a first round. Like these guys have fought twice. You know what I mean? You, you shouldn't need a feeling out round. Yeah, you should know uh, exactly what's going to happen. But yeah, Triple G. You know, he he went back. He moved back a lot, and that's not something you like to see um, in fighters who have, who who have that fight style of just going forward. He never goes backwards. So the fact that he is now and the fact that he's comfortable doing it shows some hesitancy and, you know, shows his age. He is 40 and he has, you know, he has been in some wars. Uh, that Derevin Yanchenko fight was rough. Uh, I point to that all the time. Uh, after that fight, I thought he looked different, you know. Um, he, he still, his jab looked good. He still has that jab, just not nearly on the level that it was when he was obviously, you know, five years ago in his prime. Uh, he definitely outlanded Canelo with the jab. Canelo just, you know, he just didn't do enough. I thought he was going to get him out of there in the, in the last couple of rounds. It turns out the last couple of rounds were the ones that Triple G won. Um, I thought it was like 9-3, 10-2. And I thought even then I was being generous. Like, I, I, I didn't think Canelo was doing anything early until like the ninth. He hit him with a, n- a nice uppercut that kind of froze him. Um, the 11th, 10th, 12th. He, he did a lot. He did better in those rounds. Um, I still didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Really, he, he, he honestly, even the ninth round that he hurt, hurt Canelo, and he still, I thought, lost that round. So um, Canelo did say he did say he hurt his left hand in training. I wasn't sure if he broke it or not. Um, I guess maybe that can explain it. You know, it, if if so, definitely explains why he just wasn't throwing anything. And even when he was throwing his his hooks, he was definitely late encountering Triple G. Uh, I didn't think he really went for the finish. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Triple G early on, at least for seventy five percent of the fight, wasn't really listening to his trainer Jonathan Banks. I just think he's too old. I just think he's too old. You know, um, there was a headbutt that opened Canelo up in the tenth. Um, I don't know if you missed that. Nah, so I saw, saw, that, yeah. blood, saw some blood from Canelo. It was not from anything Triple G did, but um, yeah. Um, after the fight, he said he wanted to fight Bivol again. So yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully that's not what happens. I like to see him fight Benavidez. I think that's the fight to make. I don't think there's anything else really that needs to be happen, but we'll see. I mean, I know Benavidez and Caleb Plant definitely don't like each other, so that could be something that happens. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's just you know when you when you spend the whole build up talking about how you're going to retire him and all this, it's just I know like you said it makes more sense now because he's he was hurt and you know he wasn't able to throw. It did look like he just was kind of. Uh, hesitant or holding back a little bit, so maybe that's partially a reason. But you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, they said it did one point zero, one point oh six million buys. I don't know how much yeah. they thought it was going to do. I was seeing an article saying a major disappointment and bombs yeah. fails to break even. I guess they didn't even break even. That's crazy. It's. I feel like it's still a good number. It's, I saw five hundred fifty thousand pay per view buys in the states. I guess that's Which, probably what what they're talking about. They thought it was going to be way yeah, more. Yeah, I never know. I never know. Guys are also quick to, you know, publish numbers that you know sometimes take a week to really get a uh, an actual you know close estimate on what they are. Yeah. So who knows? I saw Dan Hearn or Daniel uh, Dan Raphael and um, what's his name Hearn Eddie Hearn going back and forth uh, about the numbers and whatnot. It's it seemed like it did okay. I mean, honestly, there was really no promotion of this fight. I think nobody really cared. I mean. No. Any boxing hardcore or any boxing fan that's been keeping up with boxing and Triple G can tell you, like, after he fought Sergei Derevyanchenko, he didn't look the same. He started taking time off, and he started taking more time off and more time off. Now he's 40. All of a sudden, you're like, you even thought the Canelo-Triple G fight 
or they they were like more recent than they were. It's because Triple G hasn't been fighting that much. Canelo has been here and there, but there's been he's had some fights where they were just warm ups. So you, you haven't really been paying attention to him fighting Avni Yildirim and uh, you know even the Caleb Plant fight, uh, the Rocky Fielding fight. You know that happened right after he fought Triple G twice. He fought Rocky Fielding, and when I saw that, I was like, who the fuck is Rocky Fielding? You know, like, and then Triple G was. Taking time off, taking time off, taking time off, coming back and fighting guys that nobody had ever heard of. So it's, and he looked his age, man. He looked his age for the first time truly on the big stage. I think uh, people were able to see, like, yeah, this is not the guy that was fighting um, Canelo the first time or when he fought Kel Brook or when he fought, you know, David Lemieux or Martin Murray or uh, any of those guys when he came up. Rosado, I mean, look at Rosado. Ros- Gabe Rosado is still fighting. It's been 10 years since they fought almost. And Gabe Rosado was on the undercard of this fight, which is crazy. And he went the distance. Like, so Triple G's been through a lot, man. So I, I really hope he's kind of done. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he can fight other guys and win fights and whatnot, but I don't want to see it. Yeah, I was just looking up to see, like, has he retired yet? Like, I, I like that's, I know he's not going to, but it's just, I'm really hoping right. that he calls it quits because I, I, yeah. From what I saw, I just don't want to see him. I don't want to see anything from him again. And that's that always sounds mean. I mean, his only negative or like uh, blips on his record are from Canelo. You know, so it's not to say I that just, he stinks or anything. It's just like there's no point in fighting uh, if you're unless you know you're going to be fighting the highest level of guys. And I, I mean, I'm sure he can still beat the uh, you know Moradas of the world and you know go to war with uh, Daryachenko. But I don't even know if he could do that anymore. You know, so it's. Why put yourself through that? And for, for what? At, at what point? You know, what are you fighting for? So, yeah, uh, yeah I just – enough from Triple G. And I, I'm very curious to see what we get from Canelo next time. Yeah, uh, two judges gave the first round to Triple G. Um, Dave Moretti, Steve Weisfeld, David Sutherland, three names that I've heard a lot. Yeah. I think Weisfeld had, like, the exact scoring of, of what it should have been in the first two. But he had it 115-113. He gave Triple G the 1st, the 8th, the 10th, 11th, and 12th. I, I I, don't know how he got five rounds. I don't know how he got the 1st. I don't know how he got any of the first 10. Yeah, I was going to say, like, 10, 11, 12, I could see you giving them to him. And maybe even the ninth. That's why I told you, like, 8, 4. Like, but, like, that ninth just is questionable. So seven, it's like 7, 5 is such a stretch. That's wild. Like, and, and like you said, like, maybe even 1, though, because I thought Canelo did more, but there was such inactivity that you could be, you maybe you fell asleep and missed one of the punches that Canelo fought through. So you maybe got confused, thought it was you know closer than it actually was. Because seriously, that round you could, I have no like who cares. That that's what I, I was like. Wow, I hope this really steps up. And it it was slow for a good seven rounds, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the the fight, the the strikes landed. I mean, the most strikes landed in a round was fifteen by Canelo in the eighth. And then Triple G, 16 in the 10th. Like, that's when it started turning up in the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. But even then, it was still, like, very far and few, very far and few in between. Yeah, whatever. Uh, when they would, like, you know, meet in the middle and, and just trade combos. Like, that didn't really happen much, if, if at all. You know, they were kind of just going back and forth here and there, throwing a jab, throwing a jab, maybe throwing an uppercut. Um, Triple G, was just, he, he was backing up too much, pretty much the whole fight. Uh, and then finally, eventually, kind of to start to listen to Jonathan Banks as trainer and and go forward and 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 see what see if you can hurt Canelo. I mean, power's the last thing to go, right? So he did land one nice shot in the ninth, 
but I think he ultimately lost that round. But the judges were were uh, all over the place. Uh, the undercard wasn't wasn't great. It was supposed to be better than it was. Um, Bam Rodriguez got the decision on the co-main against Israel Gonzalez. Israel Gonzalez looked pretty good. Bam looked a little slow to start. Uh, hopefully we see more from him. He's only 22. Gabe Rosado, like I said, the aforementioned, he's still fighting, and he's still losing. I lost to Ali Akhmedov, who pretty good fighter himself. But Gabe Rosado is now 26-16, and 16, which is um, not great, especially in boxing. Uh, your boy, Austin Williams, Austin Emma Williams, the Kevin Holland lookalike. Um, he got the win, but he didn't look great. He didn't look great at all. Um, he's, he's begging to get knocked out one of these fights. He's quick and he has power, but um, he needs a lot of work. He's only 26, but he's, he's already holding an international title. So hopefully they slow play him. I don't know. Mark Castro and Diego Pacheco, two prospects, looked pretty good on the prelims, but they didn't really fight anybody good. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much the whole zone card. zone cards here and there, you know, Todd Grisham, Sergio Mora, Danny Jacobs, Chris Mannix. Not the best uh, announcers, and then obviously your boy David Diamante, the announcer. Uh, not not the best boxing show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that guy. Just cut your hair. That's all, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can't take you seriously as a ring announcer when you just look like you you got done uh, selling me edibles at the fucking you know. I don't know. I don't want to disrespect him. Middle school. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how you doing, little boy? You know, no thanks. Uh, He's no Jimmy Lennon Jr. He did, yeah. He's no Jimmy Lennon Jr. He's no Michael Buffer. He's no Bruce Buffer. He's not even Joe Martinez. All right, fight fans. You know, it's, hey, I, like, I like Joe. I right? do like Joe too. I don't like the guy they have on the Contender Series. Definitely don't like that guy. But he, uh, no, he's pretty boring. A little bit different, but uh, I guess we have some fights this weekend. We do, not in UFC, but almost choked there. Sorry. <laughs> Having a rough time over here. Shakur Stevenson. Um, you might hear people call him the next Floyd Mayweather. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Shakur Stevenson will be taking on Hobson Concesial. Wow. Um, let's see who else is on this undercard. I had it pulled up, and now it's not. Here it is. Uh, Hobson Concesial, 17-1 from Brazil. He's 33. He's a little old, but he's 5'10", long reach. Um. He had a tough fight with Oscar Valdez, which I thought he won. Um, but obviously, you're not getting the decision there. They have their golden boy over there. You're not. You better knock him out. Rebounded well with a win over Xavier Martinez. Um, he's a good fighter, man. Uh, he's more of a point fighter, and I just don't see him being able to outpoint Shakur Stevenson. That's, I mean, winning round, winning a round against Shakur Stevenson's tough. You know, I mean, Jamel Herring couldn't really do it. Um, Oscar Valdez definitely, definitely had a hard time with it. Not go. Uh, Nakatalia, whatever his name was, he he couldn't do it. Joe Gonzalez couldn't do it. Chris Diaz. So, yeah, I mean, he, he has a lot more decisions on his record than a, a young Floyd Mayweather did. Uh, when Floyd was 25, I mean, he was, you know, he was knocking out. I think he was knocking out Diego Corrales, you know. So, like, there's definitely a, a difference there. But I don't think that's a, the kid's fault. He's, again, 25, and he's been fighting guys for, like, four or five years now. I think that's pretty good. I know he isn't fighting the – Big, big names, but there's not really big names down there, you know? Uh, they fight at, what, 126? 130 now. So, like, he's going to have to keep moving up, keep moving up, keep moving up. This will be in Newark, I believe, the Prudential Center. Uh, top ranks putting this on. ESPN Plus, always always enjoy ESPN Plus's uh, top ranks cards lately, this year and 20, uh, 2021, when there wasn't much going on. They put at least something together. Uh, and the fact that it's on ESPN Plus and we have it, 
big ESPN Plus guys over here. Um, makes it easy to watch. Keyshawn Davis is in the co-main event. He's a prospect, the businessman, good nickname. He's from, I think he's from Virginia. I could be wrong there. He takes on Omar Tienda. Should get him out of there. Bruce Carrington before him, another big-time prospect. He's from Brooklyn. They call him Shushu. Very fun fighter. I think he's only 25 as well. A lot of power. Jahi Tucker is also on this card. He is an undefeated 19-year-old from Queens. Um, very, very, very talented. Just very young, you know. Um a couple more guys in this card, not really sure with. So, yeah, this is going to be like a, pretty much like a prospect card, if you will. Top Rank puts this together sometimes. Headline with Shakur Stevenson, one of the best, honestly, top 10. I think he should be in the top 10 pound-for-pound pound boxing. If he's not, I think he will be after this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, if you're not doing anything on Friday night, uh, it's always good, too. It's not competing with anything. Not that there isn't a UFC, but um, just in case there's anything else, it's going on Friday at 10 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. There you go. There you go. That's the boxing. We do have a little bit of Bellator this weekend, but not many uh, picks to be had or that I even care about, to be honest. Uh, I, I mean, mean hey, Yoel and Melvin Manhoof, they're both like 50, so that'd be fun. Yeah. Yo- Yoel is minus 650, <laughs> oh uh, which is God. insane. Mads Burnell's minus 520. Uh, there is not one fight that's pretty much bettable other than Liam McCourt and uh, Diana-, Diana Silva. Fade Liam McCourt. Yes, yeah, uh, Silva's minus one thirty. Uh, that yeah. just seems a little Easy too money. close to me, though. I don't like that. Easy money. There you go. There's there. We're not putting these on the official picks, but <laughs> we do like to talk MMA, so we will give you whatever we know. Uh, Peter Quelly and Benson Henderson. I don't know if, if is that five round fight. It is oh <laughs> mercifully. It is. Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I would probably lean towards Henderson, but. Yeah, Peter Quilly's from Ireland, so you know he's a fraud and he's a bum and he wants to quit. So that's pretty much all you got Jesus. there. Yeah, I mean, it's, in Dublin, though. the fight will be in Dublin. My home away from home. Five rounds. Uh, yeah, and you got Yoel Romero. It'll probably be a crazy environment to watch the fight. It'll be fun. Uh, what day is that fight? Is it Friday night from for Friday afternoon, I believe they'll probably do it. From uh, Dante Skiro went from fighting Logan Storley to now being the headliner of this go. card. So that's Jesus. going from the main event to the first fight. <laughs> that's the next level disrespect. But yeah, what are you going to do? I believe this is taking place Friday. Yeah, same time, but it's going to be uh, in the afternoon. So be able to catch some of this fight, I guess. Yeah. If I'm, uh, God if bless I'm anyone who wants to set their weekend around <laughs> watching this, but. I'm not giving you a pick here on this main event because it's just disgusting. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I can't go against Peter Quelly. Wow. I can't because I think Benson Henderson is completely cooked. Fair enough. And Peter Quelly has always been cooked. He's like he's literally just sitting in the oven chilling. And you know, what 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 else? What else can I say? Seriously, uh, yeah, nothing else. He could lose. He could win. That, like it's. Uh, but I'm gonna take the underdog here. Like it's Bellator. I uh, I don't want to say some of the things I think about Bellator. I think it's some of it is just a freak show. They have some real like legitimate fighters, but some of their cards they put together. Like when is the last time there's been a Bellator card? They took. So it's funny. They they do this random thing where they take extreme long periods of time off, and you're like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? Like. I think, I think the last one was what? Um, I don't even know. So it's been a month, and it's been a month and some change since Gracie and Yamauchi, and that that one was very forgettable. You know, like 
and before that was Lima Jackson. They really haven't had a good good card in a while. I mean, maybe I think so. I think what they're doing. I, I hate to like you know look, do a look ahead at Bellator, <laughs> but I think two eighty eight and two eighty nine are going to be pretty good. I know Nemkov Anderson too um, will be on that card with Patricky Pitbull and Usman Nurmaga Nurmagomedov. That'll be a really good fight. We'll see uh, what Usman can do against the champ because Usman that's their um, that's their golden child, right? Yeah, he's so, awesome. We'll see if he can win the belt there and, you know, kind of put his name out there and establish his own Nurmagomedov legacy. And then I can't wait for this one. It's in the beginning of December, uh, 289 in the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Rafion Stotts, Danny Sabatello. I hate Danny Sabatello so much. Um, he's just boring. He's a boring fighter. I, he's, he's not, like, very good. Like It'd be one thing if he did his trash talking with his disgusting outfits and his tan-ass skin and his hair. Um, and his awful trash talk, which is it's good, kind of good, but it's also kind of bad. Uh, he's just not that very exciting. I think Rafael Sats is going to, I don't know if he's going to finish him, but he's going to beat him, I think. And then you got Liz Carmouche, Juliana Vasquez 2, Velasquez 2. That was one of the worst stoppages ever. Yeah. Uh, Liz Carmouche definitely paid somebody under the table for that. Magomed, Magomedov will be taking on Patchy Mix. That'll be a good fight. Chris Law, or Cody Law, I'm saying, will be on the card as well. So at least those cards will be like kind of good, maybe. And AJ McKee just gave or where he lost the featherweight belt. Yeah, so he's gonna be taking on Pitbull again. I don't know when, but they're gonna have to run. Right that now, back. the the plan for them they have one of the Pitbull brothers. Yeah, Pitbull's fighting uh, Boricks, Adam Boricks, I think his name is. Oh yeah, and then uh, you're gonna like this one. And the co-main event of you or Bellator two eighty six, it's AJ McKee versus Spike Carlisle. Oh, man. The Alpha Ginger is getting in there against one of the best fighters on the planet, dude. Like, what? Well, listen, he's 1-0 in Beltor. He's 1-0 oh. in Cage Warriors, and he's 1-0 in Ryzen. He goes everywhere, and he wins. It's all he does is win. Spike the Alpha Ginger Carlisle. He won in Combate. I'm just saying. He wins everywhere he goes. UFC yeah, beat yeah. Um, your boy Alan Cruz. Yeah, I mean, to- come on. Yeah. But then he lost to Billy Q and Bill Algio. Like, those are two tough fighters, you know? AJ McKay? Who do you think AJ McKay does to Bill Algio? Uh, he probably beats him. Probably a split decision. <laughs> Aaron Pico. Look at your boy, Aaron Pico, taking on Jeremy Kennedy. Um, I don't know how good Jeremy Kennedy is. I do remember his um, his boards loss. He got kind of got dominated. But he's got, he's got a lot of wins. That's usually Aaron Pico's... Um, Achilles heel is anybody who uh, you know is pretty good. Also on this card, I didn't. Oh man, I did not know this. Max Roshkoff. Oh my is god, back! Everybody laughed at him. You made fun of. You said you could beat him up. I remember. I never. <laughs> I think you, you said, said I would take him. No, I, no, you no, said no, that. No. no, that was you. I remember you said, "Listen, this guy quit against Austin Hubbard. I'll beat both of them." You said that. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. He's back. He's in belt. He was um, after this UFC fight when she got absolutely battered. Uh, he got fucking the shit beat out of him, man. That was fucked up. <laughs> I felt bad for him. He he quit, and everybody was like, "Oh, what a pussy!" And then you know, uh, what's her name? She quits every fight, and people are like, "Oh, you know, she's a warrior. She's a legend." What's her name? Uh, um, <laughs> can't wait to hear what name you're about to pull. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I think she fought a uh, shoot. What's her name? Jennifer Maya? No, but around... Oh, uh, 
what's her fucking name? She just quit again. She's a goddamn quitter. And people fucking praise her for it. Calvillo? <laughs> yes. Cynthia Calvillo comes out here every time and she's like, I don't want any more. I'm done. And she's getting beat up by fucking Andrea Lee. And we give her a round of applause. Max Roshkop gets his fucking face beat in for five minutes, ten minutes. And we're like, oh, you're a pussy. Um, hilarious. But he's back. He, he is back. I didn't know he was. <laughs> I didn't know he was with Bellator. He's taking on Mike Hamill. Um, you talk about Max rated R. Co- <laughs> <laughs> Not a great nickname. I hope he dropped that. But he's 27 now. He's from Killbrook, Ohio. Um, we'll see what he can do. He's two wins since his UFC departure. He took some time off. Thank God. Um, but he's taking on this guy who has a win, has a fight against, he has a split loss against Boric and a unanimous loss against Usman. Nurmagomedov. So maybe this guy isn't too bad. We'll get to see what Max, Max the rated R superstar Roshkov, can do. Uh, maybe maybe he's eyeing a UFC return. I don't know. Let's hope not. <laughs> and we need to see a little bit more, though, Max. <laughs> Juan Archuleta is also taking on Enrique Barzil. This card looks pretty good. Nick Brown, Islam Mamadov. Mamadov is very good. Um, there's a couple other. There's a Mirzataliyev against the best I have. Uh, Lance Gibson, Jr., your boy. Is back. JJ Wilson's back. He's fighting Tokov. Uh, this is a pretty good card. Bellator's prelims are always fire. Like for yeah, the, not all, for like no not reason. always, but yeah, like it's like they have such good like young talent that leave and go other places. Like yeah, yeah, all the time. They're a good. Uh, they're a good minor league system. I guess you could say they are similar to um, maybe the Dodgers. There you go. I guess you could say that. I guess. I guess you could. <laughs> I guess. I guess. You... <laughs> I guess you could say that. So. <laughs> That'll do it for the Hot Take Hotbox Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We will be back uh, at the very latest next week to discuss what is happening uh, with, I believe we have a fight card next week. We have no cards this weekend, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we have a nice uh, Mackenzie Dern and Jean, Jan Jaunan. I have strong feelings on this fight. Uh, Rude Boy Brown's in the co-main. That's fun. Sadiq, my boy Sadiq Youssef's getting fed a tomato, I mean uh, a new fighter. Um, Mike Davis, your boy, you said he was going to win uh, the belt at 155. He's back. <laughs> Brendan Allen deciding, hey, I'll fight. Uh, Michael Chandler's <laughs> sister. Michael Chandler's sister, and I don't know if, if it actually is. She's fighting. Also, oh, no, what happened? Oh, man, we were going to have probably the hottest matchup in UFC history. <laughs> Tabitha Ritchie and Cheyenne Velismus. Cheyenne Velismus withdrew. Now we have Jessica Penne, so it's not, uh, it's not, it's not what it was. Let's just say that. Wait, <laughs> Brendan Allen just deciding, hey, I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll just join on the card. I'm, I'm bored. Me and Christoph Jocko will run it back. I don't know why they're fighting. Um, I think Brendan Allen should win that. Jesse Ronson, you said he was going to also win a belt at 155. He's coming back. <laughs> he's he, he's deciding to show his face again. In the UFC I said nine every. different people are going to win the belt at 155. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Ronson will be taking on. Mike Davis is what you said, but Chris, uh, don't call part- me Officer Dawkins was supposed to fight on this. Yeah, well, you know he had a he had a call. So it was Cody Garbrandt. I don't know if he's actually dude. What's I, going on? You with know him. what's so fucked up on on Twitter? You'll just see Cody Garbrandt pulls out of uh, you know fight with injury, and somebody goes, <laughs> a gust of wind came down the hallway and knocked him out. He's been sleeping for three hours now. <laughs> Oh my god! It's just so fucked up, man. It's Twitter is a great place, but it's also a dark. I hope Cody Garbrandt does not log on Twitter. No, I hope he never listens to this podcast either. (laughs) He doesn't need to hear that shit. 
he's got a lot going on. All right. Yeah. Ever since Paige Van Zandt dumped him, he's just it, things have been downhill. So you know, Julius Stoliarenko's back. We have we have we have a card. Guido Canetti and Randy Costa. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna Jesus. be something for as long as it lasts. Talk about a fucking banger. Um. Yeah. Trevin Jones is back against Mr. Barcelos. It's it's a. I'm betting Guido. Uh, yeah. It's it's a bet. It's um. It's a card. It's, a, it's a Max. Card. Don't call me Forrest Griffin. Grishin is fighting as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's fighting Phil Blins, who I guess is at two or five. Um, yeah. He he was always he's uh losing that beef. We'll see what he looks like coming into the weight. Tabitha Ritchie. I can't wait to see her her perform. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Wait I can't either. wait to see how she performs. On top of oh, uh, Lira Latifi and Alexi Olenek at at heavyweight. That is that's got to be a lose and sign your fucking walking papers. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, a, a classic WWE retirement match. Yeah. Also, if you win, you should also retire. So, if Alexi Olenek is going to keep doing this, I mean, at what point do they <laughs> someone step in? They have to intervene. He's forty five. <laughs> He's sixty and sixteen. That can't be re- like. There's probably other fights that weren't even on there. You know, uh, yeah, they talk about. It. I mean, the thing is, all they've always gone through these people's records to see if they're record padding. They haven't even tried love. with him, dude. That, <laughs> yeah, that like, shit must that. be real, seen, dude. Yeah. His topology picture, if you click on it, is him holding uh, a couple trophies. Funny enough, at Washington Township High School in the auxiliary, right next to the auxiliary gym. Oh that's God. fun fact where that trophy <laughs> case is. So uh, that's where that picture was taken. So yeah, he's fighting next week. We got that. Also, that picture, for the record, ladies and gentlemen, was not taken at that specific uh, trophy <laughs> case. That looks like it is taken somewhere in Russia where he was able to catch a W. Yeah. Boa Constrictor. A, a couple of them. So we have a card next week that's kind of just like it, – it's a meme card, but I think it could be pretty good, honestly, like looking at some of the matchups, you know. Um, but it's definitely – I mean, Mackenzie Dern and her accent, hopefully they have a translator uh, ready for her uh, when she gets this win. That's all I got to say. Not the cra- the crazy thing is that he just he's fought literally everyone you could ever imagine. <laughs> Mark Mr. Hunt, I mean, yeah, like it's just a junior Albini, <laughs> Travis Brown. He neck cranked him. Some guy named Victor Pesta. He fought. He fought. He fought Chael, so- Chael Sonnen in Bodog fight. I, do you remember Bodog fight? Yeah. In like '06. Like this did, guy was out here. Did he win? He did not. No, wow. he did not. He lost the decision. Well, he beat Shamil Nurmagomedov after that. So he also fought a guy named Andre Olenek. So he fought his brother <laughs> in a fucking. He'll hooked him in a minute, dude. Just what no. a dick. What a piece. And he of never shit. fought again. <laughs> We're going to settle our differences in the cage. Get to the cage with me, brother. Get to the I cage. Will show you. I've just beat Jared Vanderlaah. Yeah, he also beat Magasharap Magasharapov. <laughs> A lot of these guys have zero and zero records. It really makes me question things. Do you think he beats uh, what's it called? I can't even John Jones, it. probably not. <laughs> you think he beats Latifi? <laughs> I mean, I would fucking hope so. Leo Latifi hasn't looked the sledgehammer. Hasn't <laughs> he beats sledgehammer. John Jones. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, he hasn't looked good since he fought OSP at like light heavyweight. He also, hey, Illyria Latifi beat Tyson Pedro. So anytime somebody tries to hype Tyson Pedro up, just remember he lost to Illyria Latifi. All right. All right. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That might we, be it. We That's could our sit primer. Here. Yeah, we can sit here and talk all day long about Alexia Linux topology career, but that, that'll be we'll for another that. time. We'll do that next week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll have I'll have some other shit coming out too. You know how I do it. Uh, hot Thank take, hot box, shoulder strikes, MMA podcast.
Jesus.